You're listening to Seattle Grove Podcast, available free on iTunes. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Seattle Grove Podcast. I'm Jeff Shulman, a professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. And in today's episode, I had a chance to sit down with Vivian Hua, the executive director of the Northwest Film Forum. We are continuing with the season six theme of finding community in a dynamic city. This time focused on the community of filmmakers and cinephiles being brought together by the Northwest Film Forum. This is a particularly exciting subject for me, having extended my work with Seattle Growth Podcast in producing a feature-length documentary about the changes in Seattle's Central District. And on that note, I want to thank everyone who has supported On the Brink a film that Seattle Times hailed as a cautionary tale and a call to action. In the time since the last episode of Seattle Growth Podcast, we've had full crowds at the Neptune Theater and West Seattle's historic Admiral Theater. And now your next chance to see the film is at Mohai on October 19th at 1 p.m. or the second showing, which is at 3 p.m. If you have friends in Los Angeles, please encourage them to see one of two screenings of On the Brink that we have next week. In one screening, we have the executive director of the California African American Museum moderating a panel discussion in Lamert Park on September 21st. In another showing, we have LA Commons CEO Karen Mack moderating a panel discussion in Watts on September 19th. UW architecture professor Donald King, who appears in On the Brink, will be at both screenings sharing the perspective from Seattle, thanks to the UW College of Built Environments. Please tell your friends in Los Angeles that they could register for a free ticket to see On the Brink at www.onthebrinkmovie.com slash screenings. That's www.onthebrinkmovie.com slash screenings. Now, to hear a bit more about the film community in Seattle and an upcoming opportunity to network and enjoy film and art, join me as I sit down with Vivian Hua. I am here with Vivian Hua, the Executive Director of the Northwest Film Forum here in Seattle. Vivian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So we're going to have a surprise continuation of the season uh, about finding community in a dynamic city. And before we get to all that you're doing with the Northwest Film Forum to build community, what brought you to Seattle? Well, I actually lived in Seattle uh, from 2001 to 2009, going to school at University of Washington. I came up from California. Uh, Then I moved away for a while when the recession hit because it was hard to find work um, and moved to Portland and LA and just recently came back because of a job at the Film Forum. Not this job. I started out as a designer there but have since changed roles. And of all the places that you could get a job, why did you choose both the Northwest Film Forum and the city of Seattle? Yeah, I always knew I'd come back to Seattle. I just didn't know when. Uh, and then the opportunity kind of aligned. And the Film Forum is kind of just like, you know, you kind of have those crushes. Well, I do. I have nonprofit crushes from far away. And the Film Forum was one of them. And uh, it just worked out. It, it just is a lot of alignment with my personal beliefs manifested into like a physical space and organization. So I want to talk a little bit about those beliefs and uh, what you're doing and how they align with the Film Forum. But first, uh, we've seen a lot of changes since you got here in the year 2000, originally for school. What changes have you found most striking? Well, I am very interested in space, um, as I think we all are right now, because space is such an important thing for culture and retaining space and preserving and creating space for art especially and for gathering uh, has always been important in my life from my 
we lad raving we last we last raving days in Seattle at like warehouses and stuff to like DIY venues, which luckily the city still has some of and and so on. What's been the change that you've noticed with the space? Uh, a lot of spaces going away, I guess. Any particular spaces that you've seen? I mean, it's kind of all over. Uh, I think of um, just like an electric tea garden, I think was what it's called in Capitol Hill. Kind of like a late night DIY rave type spot. Um, Love City Love was a temporary thing that has since gone away. I don't know. It's changing all the time. And how do you feel about that or what impact does that have on your experience here in Seattle? Well, I think a lot of people are moving away and I, I hate to keep saying this narrative because like I'm like thinking saying it maybe like causes more people to move away. Um, but I think that is like a reality that some people, some creatives are moving because they can't find space, can't find work, um, find it hard to live here and pay their bills and to like create a community. So that's a lot of what the film forum is trying to do. Yeah, so let's dive into that. Speaking of space, you have a place to uh, see movies here in Seattle, but it's more than that. Tell me a little bit about the Northwest Film Forum. So we're celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. Um, We've been around through various spaces in Seattle, um, mostly in Capitol Hill, but we also had a stint um, owning the Grand Illusion, which is now its own separate theater space in the U District. So the Film Forum, uh, we're an independent nonprofit theater. We have two cinemas, but we also teach workshops for youth and adults. Um, and just generally are a really good resource for the local film community in terms of we lend out gear, we have fiscal sponsorship, which means we extend our nonprofit umbrellas to filmmakers so they can fundraise for their films. Um, we have about 60 projects or so that we're working with right now. So we, we offer a lot of services and often they kind of like fly under the radar. Uh, in our building, we also have about like six nonprofit slash media groups um, that kind of work within it that are representing pretty marginalized or underserved communities generally. You know, you said you have the the two theaters, which is a space tying to what you've seen kind of shrinking here in Seattle. Let's talk about the people. Uh, what are you doing to bring people together and and form a form of community? Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about the Film Forum is like we serve a lot of different communities. Like I think there's not that many organizations in town that serve as diverse of a community as we do. Like we have very niche like let's say like we have like a trans porn uh series that's like a late night um serves a very specific community and then we have like art films for elderly people and it's just kind of all over the place and it's really interesting when you are sitting in our lobby sometimes like last night we had some students sitting around waiting for an editing workshop while there was like a bilingual poetry reading and people like gathering for that so just intermingling I think is a thing that doesn't happen enough and the film forum creates like a space for that by targeting niche communities but also like having a more expansive view of community in general like community for film forum used to be more film only but now it is kind of like a broader um what what people need to use media and film for isn't just watching movies it's a lot of things especially as technology changes and so you're saying you're not just a place where artists can have their movies be shown but you're helping them get their projects even off the ground tell me a little bit about what you've seen in the filmmaking community here in Seattle. Okay, so I've been helping lead a series of discussions with the city of Seattle, um, the Office of Film and Music, and Washington Filmworks. And we've been basically convening local stakeholders, film stakeholders, and finding out what is it that people like feel like this community needs because 
I don't know if you know, the Office of Film and Music used to be just the Office of Film, and then it became Film and Music, and then it became Film and Special Events and Nightlife, and like all these things. And with that, film kind of became um, like not as important and under-resourced. So that's a lot of frustration within the community, as is it's very siloed. So there's different groups of people doing really amazing things that don't work together because there's not as big of an industry here as people would like. Um, so I think a lot of what people are hungry for right now is networking and community and then just training uh, younger people so that there is like more of a like a track towards maintaining a healthy ecosystem. What do you define as a, a healthy ecosystem? I think, yeah, I think everyone uh, has kind of a different definition of that. But I think in general, people just want to get paid and be able to make movies. <laughs> right now, the only work is is pretty much commercial, um, which some people are able to do. But that's very kind of limited. And it's limited to like who knows who. So especially as we're talking about kind of like disenfranchised communities or communities who have not historically had access, um, it kind of just perpetuates like who gets in the door to be able to make commercial work. So I think that's a lot of the conversation that's happening too. But slow moving, but uh, there's progress. Yeah. And now you were just recently named executive director by recently last year. A year, yeah. Uh, what is the stamp that you want to put on the Northwest Film Forum? And how do you want to shape that community going forward? Well, I think I inherited a really good place uh, with the Film Forum with Courtney Sheehan kind of transforming the organization in a way that did um, open it up a lot more and, and make it less like film community only and more like broad definition of film community. Um, and I think just continuing essentially that legacy and also pushing for more like we're already seeing a, a big change in the demographic that we serve um, in terms of people that we're training. A lot of LGBTQ, a lot of POC women filmmakers are coming through and we're like able to give them kind of the building blocks so that they can go on and create more work, which is what like everyone talks about wanting. Um, and it's nice to be able to see on like a grassroots level that that is actually happening. The kernels of that are happening. And how have you felt seeing kind of the progress you've made in the last year? It's pretty exciting, yeah, honestly, yeah. Seeing seeing the shifting demographic is like, whoa, holy crap, it's actually like working. Any lessons that you have for somebody else who might be trying to take a community to the next level? Anything that you've learned in your year that you would like to pass on? Yeah, I think what a lot of we're discussing right now is like how to be equitable, not only to other organizations that we're working with, but also to ourselves. Um, like this morning, for example, I was talking to an arts administrator organizer and they're like, organizing a big event uh, with Tough Fest is what, what the organization is, and they're working with Town Hall to curate an evening of events. And I was just like, cool, thanks for giving me a stipend to moderate this panel. I wasn't expecting that. Are you getting paid, though, like to the organizer? And the organizer was like, well, I actually haven't like talked about that. So that's like a lot of, I think, the arts administrator mentality. It's like we're putting in all this work and like, it's cool. We don't need to get paid sometimes. And I, I want to shift that thinking and be like, how can we work with community partners in a way that even if it's not monetary exchange, like how are we both able to get something out of it? So are we both equally marketing each other's things? Lots of different ways to be partners, I think, is is the thing. If somebody's new to Seattle and they're looking for a sense of community, describe who should come through the doors of the Northwest Film Forum and what they'll what kind of sense of community they'll find? I think um, a lot of what we're trying to do is is just create kind of interesting activities for people at the Film Forum. So 
there's a lot of this like Netflix and chill mentality you're trying to combat, especially here with the weather where people don't necessarily like want to go out all the time in the winter. And it's just um, creating something extra that that is able to kind of um, give an added dimension. So like a performance or a discussion or something after a film screening or before a film screening that gives people like an added sense of easy way into community essentially right because you if you just go to a movie it's really hard to strike up a conversation with a stranger afterwards but if you go to a movie and then there's like a group discussion afterwards there's kind of a natural point of entry for community building and you have a local sightings film festival coming up which kind of dovetails dovetails nicely with what you were saying of trying to build up the local film scene. Tell me a little bit about what it is, when it is, and who it is. So Local Sightings is our uh, Pacific Northwest Filmmaker Festival. This is the 22nd year of it. And we are taking a lot of the industry conversation feedback that we've gotten and um, incorporating it this year. So in addition to um, film screenings from all throughout the Pacific Northwest, talking about like all the way to Montana slash middle of Canada, um, down to Oregon. Um, we're kind of highlighting Seattle filmmakers a lot more this year than we usually do because there is actually like really strong work being made locally here that often goes nowhere. Um, distribution is a huge problem so local sightings is one of the things that we try to do to help that. Um, for many filmmakers it's like their first entry into a festival essentially or having their work screen on a big screen. Um, we are also doing kind of more industry events than normal, um, lots of which are free or sliding scale in addition, uh, in collaboration with um, the Office of Film and Music, Washington Filmworks, who do like city or statewide funding and Movie Maker Magazine is doing this event where people can pitch their projects and try to get thousands of dollars um, in funding, essentially. So just trying to do little things to help the industry at all levels. Um. I teach marketing here at the Foster School of Business. Uh, there's a saying in real estate, the buyer has no imagination. So essentially, whoever's listening doesn't know whether they fit into the category of they should go see this film festival unless you tell them. So if you are blank, you should come to the local sightings film festival. Fill in the blanks for me. Um, if you don't have much money and are curious to see something new, we have sliding scale 5 to $15 workshops and events. Um, you can experience VR if you haven't done that. There's one that's like a room scale installation piece where you can paint based off the artwork of a native artist. Um, you can see behind the scenes of a film called The Paper Tigers, which is a local feature kung fu film that just finished wrapping here um, and have some stories and sneak preview clips to show there's live film scoring there's kind of all sorts of stuff it's basically anything uh you could be interested in in the film medium there's probably something for you i would just go to the website um local sightings.org and kind of peruse if you go to local sightings.org and are, are you finding that individual events that you could attend to or do you get a pass for the whole festival tell me a little bit more about how that works you can go to individual events but a pass is actually like a screaming deal so you can get a pass um, as a member for only a hundred dollars which is like you go to three or four screenings and you probably have your money's worth um and then as a non-member for 150 but it only costs 60 dollars for a membership so you might as well just do the member price so you've got the local sightings film festival coming up real soon september 20th to september 29th uh, and if you're a filmmaker there's going to be some chances for you to interact with other filmmakers big time yeah and if you are a just a cinephile who loves to loves movies you'll find that there and if you're just curious about kind of art and culture and what's happening here in seattle it sounds like there's more than just movies there's vr there's interaction 
Uh, so there's lots to do here at the local sightings film festival. Totally. I think I should just take your pitch right now. That's good. <laughs> I'll just copy that. And it's all going to be at uh, Pike and Pine in Capitol Hill? Other than our closing night, which is at Langston Hughes Performing Arts Center, and that will be an evening on the 29th that is about honoring African-American civil rights leaders. Um, there should be some bla- local Black Panthers in the house, and uh, it should be interesting. So now let's deep dive then. Let's switch back gears to kind of the changing Seattle. And you're saying there's less space, DIY space, a do-it-yourself for artists, and and you're noticing some leaving. If you were the mayor or you could speak to the mayor right now, what would you like to see done that could keep arts vibrant here? Yeah, so I mean, I think there are some conversations at the city level about uh, creative economy work and and centering art and creativity as like a means for economic development. So I think the mayor knows some of this, but I think one of the things that the Office of Arts and Culture is working on is a PDA that can buy cultural space, a PDA being a public development authority, similar to Capitol Hill Housing and Pike Place Market. They're they're these kind of semi-nonprofit, semi-public entities. Um, So having that kind of investment city investment in cultural space I think is super important because I think about not just us but a lot of organizations that a lot of people love are up for um, their leases are up in about four or five years and when that time comes it's going to be an even more different market and there needs to be something in place for all of these organizations like some collaborative like structure building or something um, where people can go because there's going to be a lot of people losing space in the next five years. And why are they losing the space? Leases being up. And most of them that I know of do not necessarily have a renewal clause or or one that would be like safe. <laughs> and so the fear is that the rents will go up or that the buildings will be torn down? Either. Honestly, yeah. And, and what's that uncertainty do now? Like what? how does that affect what they do today? I think a lot of people are just talking about like, okay, you know, five years is maybe like just enough time to be able to get a plan in place for something else Um, I mean to be perfectly candid the film forum is one of the places Um, we do have a renewal clause but it's it's a little rough Um, so in four or five years we're gonna need to be looking so we're planning now and a lot of people are doing that but it's it's hard to plan that far in advance uh, as arts organizations you know and so I'm a business school professor and there's gonna be some people in business who are listening if you can get a message out um to the executives, the tech entrepreneurs, what would you like to see them do? I think what we're really hungry for is there is a lot of money out there. Like the amount of money that an arts nonprofit needs to sustain itself is like pennies to the tech world or business world. Um, So we're just really hungry for any sort of cross-sector collaboration. And it can look like whatever. We just don't even have the means to have those conversations. So even just starting those conversations conversations on a most basic level would be really exciting for a lot of us. And so they have money. Obviously, I'd imagine they like to keep it. So what what <laughs> what do they gain? What do you think that they would gain from either giving you their money, their time, expertise? What what's in it for the businesses? I mean, the problem with arts and culture is that everyone likes it. Everyone has a favorite movie. Everyone has their favorite bands. People love going to festivals, but no one wants to pay for it. Like, who's doing this labor that you love so much? Oh, we are. Like, we need money to survive too, to be able to create the things that you actually like and the reason you like to live in Seattle. Anything else I missed? No, I think that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Vivian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That is all for this bonus episode of Seattle Growth Podcast. Have an opinion to share? 
please reach out to me on Twitter, at Prof Shulman. And make sure to subscribe to Seattle Growth Podcast in iTunes so you don't miss a single episode, and follow the Seattle Growth Podcast Facebook page for updates. I want to acknowledge the voice you heard at the beginning of this episode is the very talented Naomi Washira, who appeared in Season 4 of Seattle Growth Podcast, which explored the past, present, and future of Seattle's music scene. Now, as we close this episode, I want to thank a few people who have helped my film, On the Brink, share a story of history, hope, and determination to have a place to call home. Together, we've been sparking constructive conversations about a sense of place, about race, and about the future of Seattle. I want to thank Martin Sepulveda and the Seattle Theater Group team, who did an amazing job organizing the showing at the Neptune Theater. I want to thank Seattle Growth Podcast listener Ben Wegraff, who set up the showing at the historic Admiral Theater in West Seattle. I want to thank Faraway Entertainment, who opened their doors to the film and the subsequent community conversation. I want to thank the elected officials and those seeking election who have come to see the film and learn more about this important part of Seattle's history. That includes State Senator Jamie Peterson, State Representatives Eric Pettigrew and John Fitzgibbon, King County Council members Larry Gossett and Joe McDermott, City Council candidates Mark Solomon and Phil Tavill and Pat Murakami, and School Board candidate Molly Mitchell. And I have to give a shout out to the Twitter engagement from loyal Seattle Growth Podcast listener Jack Rosenfeld. I want to thank all the guests who have appeared on Seattle Growth Podcast, and I want to thank you. I thank you for listening and for joining me on this journey of Seattle Growth Podcast.